It's been, what, like a month? Probably over a month. Over a month mm-hmm. since we've last hit the airwaves here. Uh, some updates. Uh, we are now a live podcast. We are official podcasters. Woohoo! So to our friends back, all the way back in episode one or two, whatever, that said we were just voice recorders. Right. Uh, we are now podcasters. We are available on of your podcasting platforms, whatever word that was, um, except Apple. I don't know why it hasn't gone on Apple yet. But probably because we're using music that we shouldn't be. Oh, probably, yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully you all appreciate that music. Yeah, please it, don't uh, like it after us because, you know, not non-profit, not for profit. Not for profit. Interest, yeah. Personal please interest only. Please don't sue us. Um, please? This is educational. Everybody, especially our our dear baby. This is for educational purposes only. Particularly the baby of our future. Uh, so yeah, we went live. We went on a bunch of hosting services. That was a whole debacle. Yeah, really because, figuring out how to do that. Because we we weren't planning on going the whole time we were putting this together. We weren't planning on going live, but it just was so easy to publish it. It was almost easier to publish it than it was to figure out a platform where we can send awkward audio files like this just made it so easy to share yeah i mean it, it was easy once we found the platform right when you of anchor you, you did it uh hashtag anchor it's owned by spotify so shout out to them uh this is not an advertisement um although they did provide us a script if we do want to advertise right. we thought that would be weird um Educational purposes only. But yeah, I guess you know, making a podcast, guys, not as easy as you thought it was, especially uh, with the sound. So hopefully you could listen to this episode on headphones, which you weren't able to do uh, with the episode two. Uh, shout out to my brother Tim, who came over one night and literally taught us a semester worth of curriculum. Um, well, at least you. I kind of walked away. Yeah, <laughs> I faded you, out. you just left. I was like, sorry, but bounce. Yeah, it's our producer here. Um, and then we also made some podcast art, which was really fun to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, by made it, I just found an image that was Stock legal, photos. legal to take <laughs> for copywriting. Um, and through our... We work within the boundaries of the law. <laughs> yeah. Um, threw our title on there, and now here we are. Uh, so a lot has happened in uh, this last month. After we sent this out, we um, you know, got a ton of really, really nice messages of support from uh, friends and family and um, strangers that were just like, yeah, we've, we know so many people that have gone through this. Thanks for sharing your story. Um, so that's been... Really uh, great to hear, and you know, especially when you know things have been really rough for us. I think it's been that someone always just really randomly pops up and was like, "Hey, listen to your to your podcast or blog," as my my parents call it. <laughs> um, and uh, that's that's kind of lifted us up just to know that people care and 
um, are listening. So wait, but it, when you say like random people, like you're saying like strangers have listened to our podcast. Like, are you able to see who listened to it? We got followed by some random groups. Stop. Yeah, on, uh, on really? Yeah. Um, I don't know if they're actually listening or they were just trying to get a follow back type thing. But uh, whatever. Did you follow them back? No. No. Oh. No, I didn't. Uh, so since we last recorded, actually I had to listen to the last 10 minutes of our last episode to see where we left off. Uh, we left off the last episode with you getting your uh, first ultrasound pre-period. Yes. Uh, before we went to a, a wedding in Chicago. Basically, you had your period and then midway through they halted it with birth control or oh. correct me if I'm wrong or they, they did it before was, I don't know I you should probably talk about yeah, this part yeah I'm just talking about periods I'm just about periods again you're doing well though that's yeah, trying to get I think you just confused there. two different periods oh yeah I did yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. so they're it's just it's all like, blending together they happen once a month um, yeah so we had one Catholic school education <laughs> <laughs> um so there was where we left off was when they did the ultrasound to make sure he didn't have any fibroids or anything that they thought could impede potential transfer in the future, and results were good. We got our, the results of our genetic testing back. Those came out pretty good as well. Um, there was, like, a I was a silent carrier of this weird blood disorder called out. I keep calling it alfalfa, but I'm pretty confident <laughs> that's not what it's called. I think it's... It's definitely alfalfa. Alfalfa. Yeah. Alfalfa. Alfalfa is plural. Um, but it was... I also learned what a silent carrier is. Do you want Do you want to know? I want to know what a silent carrier is. So when you... I'm going to use a lot of words that sound sciencey, but then, you know, if I'm wrong... We'll never know because hopefully no one's going to challenge me on this. You get, you have these genomes, right? So with all your genomes, there's like four types of genes within the genome. and You don't sound like a silent carrier. <laughs> I really lost confidence there. <laughs> um, but like basically, a lot, of, a lot of words carrier right now. If you have, if you, if one of your four genomes, remember like back in biology when you talked about like the dominant and recessive genes. So you could like carry recessive genes, but they didn't present themselves unless you had like two recessive genes that were part of your 23andMe. Yeah, you made that box, that whatever box. Yes, what yes. What again? The, the, the genomes. No, no, like what, what you, I don't know what I'm talking about. No, I know exactly what you're talking about. What's it called The g- genome. The genome box? box? Nah. Um, like, 80, 70% confident. But anyway, so I only had that show up in one of my four boxes. So they were like... It's called a Punit Square. I just looked it up. That's what I said. <laughs> that's exactly what you said. <laughs> I've been saying that the whole time. Exactly you you never, listen. never listen. You never listen to me. So, yes, I have the alfalfas in one of those boxes... One of those squares. So that's what makes me a silent carrier because I'm not totally clear of it. It's usually the last box in the Punit square. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, it's like I hope so. I supervise science, so. Let's hope so. <laughs> um, just start saying Punit square to your biology teacher and 
they'll be impressed. Is it Punit or Peanut? Peanut Square? No. Punit? You were the one who just looked it up. All right. I'm already off that. Okay. Um, so they were like, yeah, well, we're pretty confident your husband is not a carrier of it. So I guess if he's also maybe a carrier of it and you're a silent carrier of it, then there's a very small chance that your child could have it. Um, so you could do additional tests for your husband. Do you want to talk about why they weren't completely sure why I was not a carrier or was a carrier? Remember, we just didn't... No, we, I don't remember that. We just didn't pay for that additional testing or something? No, we did, but they said that even when they do genetic testing, that they can't confirm 100% that you're not. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. is that Then, then they were like, hey, but we can do this other test right. that you have to pay a bunch of money right. for. And we were like, do we have to? And they were like, well, I mean, there's a really, 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 really small chance. But like, no, there's like, no, the risk is so low. So we're like, okay, sorry, is, is the doctor telling us that we have to do this? They're like, it's your choice. It's your choice. I'm like, uh, what does that mean? Like, yeah, if what it's is our the choice. doctor saying? What's <laughs> Dr. Lex saying? <laughs> like, our choice is to not pay money and get needles pricked into us. So what does the doctor, and our choice is to go with what the doctor says. But our choice then, we basically were like, do we have to do this? And they're after much convincing of just looking for an answer they're like no you don't have to do this we're like great we're not going to do it um so then that period the next month came around as soon as i got my period they had to make sure i wasn't pregnant oh yeah so that i could go on birth control yeah so that's when i went in when i first got my period and they're like yep Still not pregnant. We're like, what? <laughs> really? Shocking. What? Mm, could have fooled me. And then Dr. Lekovich just pops out and is like, like, told you, never. You'll never get pregnant. Yep. Naturally. Never. Um, so then they put me on birth control. And the reason they put you on birth control is basically to like manage your cycle. So there, it's, it's kind of like putting a pause on your cycle. So or what they use the term is suppressing. So would, they, would they put it on, uh, you want birth control if we went to that wedding? Down. like, Or would they just like let it go? They would have, yeah. No, they would have started me on stims. Okay. Like day two of my period. Right. Yeah. So the reason they did that was because we were going out of town and we didn't want to have to deal with the stimulation medication when we went out of town for Allie and Dan's wedding. Um, so we went to Chicago, had a really lovely time. Um, felt like I was in college again, taking birth control every night. I had to like set an alarm on my phone. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it was it was boatloads of fun. And then we came back, and and then that Friday went in for an appointment. They checked my blood again, made sure still wasn't pregnant. And then they, um, I was having a lot of anxiety that week because. That was the week that I had to order the medication and this whole process of you're ordering from this specialty pharmacy. You can't just pick these drugs up at a CVS. You have to order through these specialty pharmacies. And this one was based in Massachusetts, so I talked to a lot of people with very lovely Boston accents. Yeah. Um, new and different for me. And 
yeah, that, that I remember just being on uh, speakerphone for one of those those calls. It's very confusing because they they don't it's like they weren't completely clear about what was covered by insurance, and they were asking you like random questions about like what's the maximum amount you want to put on your credit card. Yeah. Uh, in case it's not covered by insurance and we were under the impression that it was all covered by insurance which I think eventually it was or no okay no we had to pay copay well yeah the copay but I'm saying like after the copay we only had to pay the copay yeah but it was it was just I I was getting super stressed about like all I was given was an email that said here are the medications to be used for your stims Stims means stimulations. Um, basically, this, if you recall in prior episodes, there's a period of seven to ten, or in our case, like thirteen days, where you are stimulating your ovaries to create multiple follicles or multiple eggs um, to grow at the same time. So that's what they call stims. Um, I was really unfamiliar with all of these medications, so. I get an email that just lists a bunch of bunch of random medication names, and one is under this header of stims, and one is under this header of transfer. So I don't know, like, when, which ones to get at what time, and so I'm trying to talk to this pharmacist and hoping that she has answers, but she has more questions for me that I just don't feel like I have a lot of clarity on. Um, yeah, it was, it was that was like step one of many stressors that followed that <clears throat> but yeah they were ordered on on top of you ordering the uh the drugs i had to go back in and give my usual dosage of samples um to freeze and they, I, we got a little bit more clarity i, I was listening uh, just reflecting back on the last episode it we weren't really sure about why they were making us uh continually freeze my sperm but it was because uh we'll talk about this later in the podcast but basically the the day Neha had to go in to uh do her retrieval I have to give a fresh sample um and if worst case scenario that was bad they wanted as many uh possible samples to unfreeze um like on deck basically uh, so I had to go back in, and, and during that time, uh, we figured out that, you know, Neha's insurance should be paying uh, for these, these cryo-freezes of my, of my sperm. Um, but the doctor's office kept saying, like, oh, uh, our, our insurance is United Healthcare, and they were like, United Healthcare never covers this. And... I showed them the the policy from your work that said strictly that they do cover it, and and I went back and forth with them so many times on the phone. I actually was basically shouting in the the uh, waiting room one day, uh, in between one of your appointments and and one of mine, uh, just saying like, let me talk to someone from finance. Let me talk to your supervisor. I didn't. Yeah. Well, I got to that point where I had to talk to the director of the whole entire practice. But um, it anyone going through this, it, it's always 
insane just the the finances that are tied to it we're very lucky with our insurance but even still like there's you know still some financial burden that, that that's put on it but uh if you're not careful and not paying attention to you know what they're charging you for um it could get extremely frustrating like this instance where you know i got you know my sperm frozen but they didn't even send in the claim to my insurance company they just assumed. They, they just said, just oh, yeah, they never cover that. But they didn't even send it so in. Ridiculous. Uh, so there was, there was a whole battle with that. So that, that added to the whole stress of, you know, Nehad getting these uh, medications. But then we're, we're also having to deal with uh, this other, uh, these other obstacles that were just kind of thrown in there. So going into um, Nehad eventually taking the shots, it was not you know, the most serene, like, hey, this is going to be a great time. We feel very calm and ready to do this. Everything's fine. Yeah. Um, it was extremely stressful leading up. And then on top of that, they were like, oh, you can't just, after you get these from the pharmacy, you can't just take these shots. Right. You have to watch, like, 12 hours of videos, what it felt like 12 hours. But so it was probably, but it, realistically, it was probably, like, a good three hours worth of videos. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I kept asking for it early. I'm like... Hey, because we were on vacation and we were going to yep. have a lot of downtime. So I'm like, can you just send these earlier so we can, like, while we're on vacation, we could actually, we have free time, we can watch them. But they didn't end up sending it till less than a week before. And that happened to be a very busy week where we didn't just have three hours after work one day to sit down and watch it. So we did, like, bits at a time trying to watch this video that was, in my opinion, was just like a big like liability disclosure that was basically saying like all these things can go wrong so just to make sure you're aware they're always zoomed on this one woman's face and she always was sitting sideways like no one ever sits like this naturally like you say you're sitting in your chair right now but then you just look to your left and i'm doing it you can't obviously can't see it on the podcast but that's how she was like it's like like you were looking out a window but there was no window there was no window yeah we were the window. Yeah. Um, like she was like trapped, just there she was forever. Just trapped in her infertility. Um, yeah, she's with like, no hope except these drugs, and she's like. Each, oh, and then at the end of each. Uh, oh my. At the end of each video, you had to take a quiz. Oh yeah, but guess who got a hundred out of a hundred on that quiz? Well, we did it every single time. We actually got. An, almost, we got zero questions wrong. I know, but there was that one. That was there was that one. That was very, very we close. Just um, oh, we were sweating for that one. We are like, yeah. oh, it could be B, it could be C. I was like, I think it's C. And you're like, I think it's B. And I'm like, but I know women. And you're like, but I just really feel good about B. <laughs> but I know women. And it was yeah. B. And yeah, then I'm good. like, maybe I don't know about women. Yeah. I really focused on that video. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a very strange experience. And at the end of each video, they would always talk about like, one in 800 million cases, uh, a woman has, like, bled out through her eyes. So please be aware that this is a a precaution and could happen to you. It was like, wait, what? What is that statistic? Why are you presenting? And then it was in the quiz. Oh, my God. It was, yeah. Um, I came out of that feeling like, are we sure this makes sense for us? Really, all you needed from the videos was the last three videos, which showed you how to take the shot. I know. The first, like, 17 were about... Everything that could go wrong. Well, it was about everything that could go wrong, but it was also going to medical school. 
Like yes. we went to medical school. They were very medical. And we like learn. I could perform this procedure now. I mean, that's actually. I just gave away the end of the podcast. Is I Dan did my I, retrieval. I performed the retrieval, guys. It was beautiful. Woo! It was good. Oh, it was boy. good. Um, <laughs> Doctor Dan. Doctor Dan. Um. Oh. Works why? for NASA. Also a doctor. He's so versatile. Yeah. Um. Pop quiz. Yeah. Did you know, because I looked this up recently, do you know why they call it in vitro and what in vitro means? This sounds really stupid, but like, it like dawned on me that I didn't know what in vitro meant. In fertility. What? <laughs> what you're are infertile. the sounds you're making with your mouth? So you think vitro is like a variation of fer- infertile? But they were just trying to be like clever. Like, vitro is, like, fertile, and yeah. in means not fertile. Right. So, great guess. You're right. wrong. It's in the... I'm giving you... Vertuous. This is your last guess. The ver- I was just going to say uterus. I couldn't think of anything with a V. That's... <laughs> oh, oh man. Boy. I'll be there. Yeah. I'll be here all yeah. night. So really Unfortunately. Limited, really limited to one guess. All right. So... Terrible. Vitro in... Latin basics means glass. So in vitro means in glass, which ultimately just means in like a test tube. So in vivo means like in organic life. So when you're creating a baby in an organic material, you're in vivo, like you're creating it in something that's alive. But when you're creating life in a glass, in a test tube, it's in vitro. Alice in Wonderland. What? Vitro, the looking glass. <laughs> oh, man. That was a stretch, babe. <laughs> that was a stretch, but, you know. Uh, man. I'll give it to you. It was really bad. Uh, I'm 0 for 2 in the last one minute with my jokes. Well, uh, so what happened next, then? So we took the classes. Um, we got... Oh. So... The whole medications thing. So we end up getting this box of medications that is just a massive box of needles and vials and pens. It was was intense. It was very intense. Something that had to be refrigerated. All the while, I still have zero guidance as to what I'm doing with any of them. How many shots am I taking when it starts that Friday? Just, I start panicking. So I email the nurse being like, what the fuck am I doing? Um, Can someone tell me anything? Like, what? when do I do what what time and she's like it's all okay they're gonna give you instructions on Friday after you come in in the morning I'm like okay that would have been nice to know I thought the videos were just gonna tell me what to do and they do tell me how to inject but they don't tell me when to do what when um yeah so I think that's that's something that we start learning uh as the process is going and the nurses, it's funny, they make like a joke throughout the process, like, oh, it's over now, and you're, you're, now you're finally experts. But I think that's something that can obviously improve with them, is kind of making you an expert before. Yeah. Um, I could totally have been an expert before. Yeah. Like, we should have known that they weren't telling you the dosage because they needed your blood work from right. that morning uh, before they gave you the dosage. 
Uh, so that's something that we learned throughout is that you go in in the, like every two days, one to two days, you, you give blood, they test your estrogen levels, and then they send you an email later with saying like, well, here's what your dosage should be for that night. They take blood and they do an internal ultrasound. Yeah. So we knew that they had the, these like monitoring things, but we didn't know what each thing was doing and how that was contributing to what they were monitoring and how that then led to, I mean, it led to them adjusting the dosage. But that was also something we learned after the fact, which I just feel like it's so easy to explain that up front. Um, but anyway, so we go in on Friday. They're like, yeah, we'll let you know. We'll send you an email and tell you what you need to do this evening. So we're like, okay, great. Um, we even sit with the nurse, actually, after we saw the doctor, and she, like, walked us through how to fill the menopure syringe right so like the one shot i was she suggested that i was probably taking was a pen she showed us how to set the pen for the right units do you want, do you want to describe the different oh, yeah. shots which i still like to be this is another thing they don't really explain what each shot does so i look thank you google for providing thank you google for providing a lot of information but as dan will also say this week for also Maybe providing too much information that's creating anxiety. But Google was very helpful in figuring out what I was taking and what it was doing. All right, so let's rapid fire go through the stuff that you had to do. Let's so, start in the morning. Gonal F. Gonal F, which is a folly stim, which literally means it's stimulating your follicles to grow. Got it. And what did that look like? It was a pen. Um, it had a little needle that you attached at the end. I think people that aren't aware of this think it's like... When you say pen, they're thinking like it's a like, a, like a big pen. Yeah, uh, like that. I don't know if like if you guys remember like from pen. middle school, like, yeah, it's like an EpiPen or like those big pencils mm-hmm. that if you like you were a horrible handwriter, you had or just there's like I every, never had that. Well, all right, um, some people do, uh, but basically it was it was pretty big. But this, did you? What was your level of like one to ten? 10 being you hated this shot so much, and one being uh, it's very easy to administer. Oh, folly stem became really easy to administer because it's just like you have to click it to the number of units that you want. It has this nice little dial on it. Just click, 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 all the way up to the units, which in my case was started at 225, then it went to 250, then it went to 275, and then just screw on a needle and then... Right into the belly. You're missing a step there. Oh, I am? Yeah, you gotta put alcohol. Alcohol swab. Dan, yeah. Dan, became, Dan became very good at this process, and I realized, like, my shortcomings of, like, taking shortcuts was really helpful for him to be here because he always made sure there was an alcohol swab, always made sure there was a clean gauze, and was really upset and judgy if I, like, told him I was just going to use... The same alcohol swab for judgy. both shots. <laughs> wasn't judgy. <laughs> you were literally inserting yourself with needles. I was definitely not judgy. Babe, you were not judgy. It was a judge, judgy that I'm used to because there's like a level of judgy that just kind of, you know, exists at all times a little bit. It was with, it was about cleanliness. Like, Can you, we edit this part out? <laughs> Can we... <laughs> You you were very thorough. Is that a better word? Thorough. There you go. Judgy or thorough. Thorough is better. Those are synonyms. 
I don't think so. They're not. <laughs> All right, so that's Gonal F. Yes, uh, that was the pen. That was the morning. Yep. Menipure. In the evening. Yes. And this was like a freaking science experiment where there was vials that had powder, but you had to, you also had this vial that had basically sodium chloride in it. So you had to like suck up some sodium chloride into your syringe and then drop it into the vial with the powder in it, mix it up, suck it up again, put it into another vial with powder in it. So each night they guided how many vials of powder you should be ultimately mixing with the sodium chloride to shoot into your belly. Start off at three. Yeah. What did it get up to? Five. Five vials. No, I think, do we get up to six? No, no it went to five. It got up to five. Yeah. That one was a pain in the butt. One to ten. Oh. Ten being the worst, one being you love taking the shot. Oh my god, that was the worst. Yeah. Well, was... let's talk about um, the first night that we actually had to do this. Oh my god. We... We rewatched the video that of the lessons that we had. And Nurse Louisa and she showed, showed us. us how to do it. Yeah. Um, and this was the many pure. So we had three vials to mix. And there's two different ways you can mix it. You can mix it with, if, if you've ever been to the doctor, which all of you guys listening have been, dear baby, you hopefully have been at this point, um, to a doctor. But... There's regular needles that they stick into you to, to say take blood or give you shots. Uh, then there's mixing needles, which I just learned about, which are a l- little bit thicker. Than, a little bit thicker? Well, a lot of bit thicker. They basically have to fit into this, this very small vial um, so that you can you know, suck out all the, the liquid or whatever liquid that you require. So that's one way of doing it is using a mixing needle where you stick the mixing needle into the... Um, you know, like saline solution. You suck out the saline solution that you need, and then you put it into the powder vial and put it in there, mix it up, make sure all the powder goes away, and then repeat uh, until all your vials are gone. Uh, Or you can use this, like, little cap thing that, like, basically hugs the top of um, the little vial twist onto your syringe and then you just suck it out and then pop off the cap and then pop it onto the other one and so it seems like it should be so easy when they do it in the video it's like seamless yeah it's, it's like, like pop bada-bing, bada-bing, boom, bada-bing. pop boom pop the needle seems very clumsy and hard to do the first night we did this i was at the helm here um and they uh with good reason, was very, very nervous. Uh, she's never given herself shots. I was extremely nervous because we agreed to have me administer her the shot. Now, we originally thought it was going to be in the butt region, um, and this shot is not. That, that's for like a later shot if we are lucky enough to um, get any embryos to reach the blastocyst, then we have a transfer. Uh, we'll have to do it then. But for this, they said either do it in your thigh, which has, you know, some meaty muscle there where you can grab onto it, or uh, in your abdomen. Um, I think like they recommended abdomen. Yeah, but they in the videos they were showing true. the, the thigh, true. whatever. 
um, and each nurse every time or the doctor asked us like uh, where did you administer it blah blah mm. so you know we're nervous about how to do this and basically how you to, to get even more visual here is you uh, find a spot near your belly button you clean it with alcohol pad um, and we didn't know that we're supposed to be two inches away that was never ever in any video by any human made clear to us so we just thought it had to be a, like somewhat close to the belly button or a little bit further away from the, like not like two inches we were like always like an inch whatever not that this I guess really matters but at the time we'll get to why we think this matters but um, you know you basically pinch uh, you grab onto any skin that you can any little bit of fat that you can and you hold that and then you drive the needle into that uh, that fat part that you're holding and then you release the fat that you're holding and then you put in uh, start pushing down the syringe and, syringe and put in all the, the fluid and then you, you, you take it out of yourself um, so the first night we did this few things went wrong uh, I was mixing with the cap and uh, it was not going well Every single time I tried to get the cap off, I was, I was trying to do it in air, but these things are like sealed tight and just yeah. would not come off. And then like I would finally get it off, but then liquid would come out, yeah. and it, it was not adding to or relieving Neha's stress at all. Um, and I was getting more and more anxious. I'm actually getting sweaty hands just <laughs> even talking about this. Um, I at no point thought it was like you. I think it was just... We're like, wait, why is liquid spilling out? When she did it, it was so fast. In the video, nothing spill, spilled out. We're just like, why is this happening to us? Yeah. So like that, but then I feel like we got it to a point where like, okay, there's one milliliter of liquid left in the syringe, maybe a little bit less. So we got it to a point where like, okay, I think we have what we need. But then I, I put the needle on, which like at that point was really dumb because like I've never put a needle onto a syringe so I like clearly must have not screwed it in tightly or something. I think there was just like enough nervousness where we were just both frustrated and annoyed. And um, so the first shot went great. It worked. So then by the time we were ready for the syringe, uh, you, you, you had to take the gonal F that night. So yeah. you did one shot, which is very easy. You, it's very dummy proof. You, you twist the pen until it gets the number that you need. You do not need to load anything. It's already preloaded. Yep. You twist it. It's the number. You put the clean, needle on. And clean then, your, yeah. yeah, you put uh, a needle on, which is extremely tiny. And then you, uh, you know, put an alcohol swab on, squeeze your, your abdomen, put it in, and then boom, it's done. Yeah. Um, but it, it goes in, from what you're telling me, it goes in easier too. Like the fluid goes in easier. Yeah, I mean, all I had to do was just push the button down and it was done and then pulled it right out. So with the Menipure, the first night we did it, after Neha took the shot, you know, there was, we really should have had the other shot ready to go, but we didn't. So you took the shot and then we started, like, building this other one. Mm -hmm. And we go back to the couch and when it's finally ready, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to squeeze this in and I was like all right you squeeze um, your abdomen 
Pinch your belly. Like just pinch yep, pinch bit. your belly. I'm gonna put it in. And Naya was just uh, an absolute beast. Like she just she just did this beautiful thing where she took a deep breath, and then she was like, "All right, let's go." So I I stick it in, and in as any significant other, like you never want to bring pain to your partner ever. Uh, so that was like really hard to do. I was very nervous with that because um, I didn't want to hurt you. But I knew it had to get done, so I, I put it in, and then I start uh, squeezing down the syringe. But a couple of things, like now I just said, went wrong. One, uh, we think the needle was on a little bit wrong uh, or wasn't screwed in completely. Uh, and two, we didn't release the little bit of belly fat that we were holding, which is really important, we found out. Um, because if you don't release it, then it just kind of pulls where you're pushing it into. So we start pushing it in and we start seeing liquid come out. It's like liquid coming out of the syringe, like coming out of my belly. So I, I just freak out. It's like abort mission. Abort I'm like, mission. oh my God. And I just pull, pull it out of her and there's still half a milliliter left. And like out of the spot where you injected, there's like blood and liquid yeah. coming out at the same time. <laughs> it was a disaster. So... We I we start freaking out like all right well our whole entire um, plan that we have here like this whole next week of inserting you with needles just got ruined we did it on the first one it's like that's it it's, it's over, over. It's, we're done they were so important that we get it right tonight I'm like do we just do it do we just try again do we just mix it again and do it again. So of course I I remember the pharmacy telling me that there's a on there's a pharmacist on call 24 hours, so I call them and they have me on hold and they finally connect me like after 10 minutes they connect me with the most well, Boston the whole, yeah. accented pharmacist I've ever talked to. Yeah, as I mean a pharmacist. Not, not that I've like talked to many Boston pharmacists, but just this pharmacist. Oh, you got some drugs? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but he was like very inconvenient. Uh, you, you want some Dunkin'? What's going on? He he was very upset that I was disturbing his Friday night to call. Kid, how about them Bruins, huh? So I'm like, you watching the beast? Ah, no, it's the socks. It's the socks around tonight. That's probably what he was doing. Watching some Boston sports team. That's attempting to win something. So I was like, listen, here's what happened tonight. We mixed the vials. We injected it. I think maybe. Like some spilled out, we aborted the mission. There's still some liquid left in the syringe. By the way, at this point, can interject? You are very, like, uh, kind of like stoic. You are very focused. Yes, I'd I'd expressed no emotion at this point. Like my freakout was like a silent freakout. It was just like you, and I think you you were like very afraid of my reaction, so you just (laughs) went into like hyper cleaning mode. Because you just saw, like, the intensity of my silence. And you're like, I'm going to go clean the kitchen. I'm like, great. So I'm, like, on the phone. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. No, actually, I blacked <laughs> out. <laughs> I don't think we actually exchanged words after this, like, kerfuffle. It just, it happened, and then... I, I thought I ruined everything, honestly. I was like, it's, that's game over. I can't believe I just did that. 
like it, none of it had to do with you. It was just I'd like I stabbed most... my wife. Oh my gosh. Um. So Boston pharmacist, I'm like, hey, so most of it spilled out. And he's like, oh, uh, is there any left? And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Is this the reality? Is this how they train? Is this what they train you with? In Boston, yes. Is this, do you think this is an acceptable reaction to like a woman who's clearly like teetering on the edge of going fucking ballistic? And you're like, oh, is there anything left? And I'm like, yeah, there's, there's half, uh, less than half a milliliter left. Do we, do we remix it? And he's like, no, no, you don't want to overdose. You should just stick to the dose, not overdose as in like a drug, but like literally over the dose that the doctor prescribed because he described that you can always adjust by increasing your dose later, but you can never adjust by reducing. Right. So he was like, it's better if you just leave it as it is tonight, just inject whatever's left. And, you know, they'll, the doctor will tell you once they do the monitoring how to adjust. And I'm like, see, that sounds a lot easier. That sounds a lot more relieving. But I, at that point, he'd already, he already made that sound, and I was, I was hysterical. So before he even hangs up the call, I'm just streaming in tears. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, okay, good, good night. And he's like, it'll be fine. I'm like, yo, you, you could have said that like, you know, 30 seconds ago, but. <laughs> I came back from the kitchen at that point. Um, and I was like, listen, I know this is a medical practice. They have to have a doctor on call. And you're convinced, you know, there wasn't a doctor. But I'm like, let's just try. Uh, so I called the office number. Um and I get in touch with a lovely operator, and he's like, yeah, I'll put you in touch with the doctor. If they don't call back in 20 minutes, or call you in 20 minutes, call back. I was like, okay. So 30 minutes went by, um, and they didn't call. So I call back, and I got the same guy, and he's like, oh, man, yeah, let me connect to you directly. And I got connected to the on-call doctor, and she was great. She was, like, really, really nice. Um, had great questions and was like, oh yeah, like, did any get in some and... Like what percentage? Yeah. Do you think? And then she told us that same thing, like it's better to, it's not good to overdose, but if you have anything left, then inject that in you. Um, so we changed our game plan. This was our game plan for the rest of the time was... Neha's going to inject herself. I'm going to squeeze. Uh, she'll insert, and then I'll let go. And then she'll uh, push down on the vial, and then I'll do all the cleanup on, and it was, as she's You're recovering. also in charge of, like, all the needle setup. Yeah, I was in charge of the mixing. Uh, so we got, we got into, like, a nice routine after that point. You were just such a beast, you know, every morning, every night you know, injecting yourself. And then as we got closer to um, the time for the retrieval, well, actually, even leading up to that, we didn't even think there was going to be a retrieval. Yeah, that was the other thing. So you go in every two days, you go in for what they call monitoring, where they're checking your blood, 
they're doing an ultrasound to see how you're growing, how your blood levels are. I mean, we can get into the nitty gritty of like what all those things are tracking because honestly, I didn't know, but I also think there's like a lot of density in what we've been talking about tonight. So I'm going to skip that for another time. Um, but one of the, so what happens is you go in for monitoring in the morning and then a nurse calls you in the afternoon to tell you the results, but it's really just to tell you either keep doing the medications that you're doing with that same dosage or increase the dosage or decrease it. They're basically guiding you to how much you should be taking. And the second time I went in for monitoring, the nurse calls, um, a bit unempathetically and is like, yeah, so there hasn't been any movement. So like, are you injecting correctly? <laughs> like, like what? Uh, I think so. Uh, they're going in. They're going in the belly and I don't see anything coming out. Yeah. Um, she's like, well, can you walk me through your process? So in this like very condescending way, I walk the way I'm asked. I respond in an equally condescending way of explaining to her step by step how we prepare and inject the medication. And she's like, yeah, you know, they're, they haven't really shown much growth. And I, like, I'm at work and I don't really know how to respond. Like, I'm literally in a meeting and I'm like, I just, that was it. And at the ultrasound that morning, it was, it was very oh, yeah, good news. So the doctor true. was the like, oh, they're growing. Oh, they're growing. And you called me at work. You're like, like, this is amazing. Yeah, things whatever. are growing. So, so it was like conflicting information. I was confused. So the next day I call and ask to speak to a nurse. And the same nurse calls back. She's like, I heard you wanted to talk. And I'm like, yeah, I just want to understand how you're measuring growth. And, you know, the doctor said it was growing. You said it wasn't. There seems to be a disconnect. And she's like, yeah, I'm not sure, like, how to say, but it just didn't, you didn't show much growth. Like, okay, so are there, like, numbers to back that up? Like, did you measure it on one day? And then the next day there just wasn't any increase? And she's like, well, you have 12 follicles on one side and seven on the other. And I'm like, okay, that tells me the number of follicles. But like when you say they're not growing, can you explain to me how you measure growth? And she's like, well, all you need to know is number of follicles. I'm like, no, I need to understand what you mean when you say it's not growing. So let's let our listeners know what, what that means. What, what are the levels of growth that the doctor looks at? Well, I had to ask three more questions to get to that point, but I'm clearly better about this. Yeah. Um, but we finally got to a point where she realized what I was trying to ask. Like, And what she explained to me was that a follicle is assumed to reach maturity when it hits anywhere but over 17 or 18 millimeters. So what they're tracking is to see the lead follicle or the one that's growing the most when that one hits 17 to 18 or 18 plus. Um, So they want to get anywhere from at least two to three follicles to reach 18 plus before they decide to do a retrieval because otherwise there's just too few follicles and potential for eggs. So this was, you know, a week before what they expected my retrieval is going to be and they're saying there's been no growth. So at that point, naturally, I have a reaction that's like, great, not even going to have a retrieval. That's perfect. Um, but the, to get into, like, the numbers, they said anything less than 10, they all, they all 
group those together. Yeah. And then they went like 11 to 13. Yeah. Uh, 14 to 15. To 8, 17, I think. And then. Oh. Yeah. God, I well, thought it was 15 and 17, whatever. But it was like in these like tiers. Yeah. And we um, so didn't, that, didn't get good numbers that day. So they yeah. increased your Manipure. Yeah. Which is the nightly and my, shot. And my folly stem, my gonal. And your gonal. Yeah. And uh, so both those numbers went up. And then you started going back for more ultrasounds. Yeah. And, and I like knew what to ask when the nurse called. So every time the nurse called, I'm like, give me the numbers for follicles yep and then i want the size of all the follicles and your size started increasing yes and i could feel it yeah you repeatedly would talk about how and i can't imagine how uncomfortable it was like it for any woman out there it a normal period is you know annoying and can be uncomfortable uh because they have you know a follicle growing in one of their ovaries you had multiple follicles growing in both of your ovaries yeah and you you were talking about just like walking down the street and it, you could feel like your ovaries bouncing up and down, yeah, which weird. can't be comfortable at all. It's really weird. Um, like constant cramping. It's yeah. Uncomfortable. So, so there was that, and then Dr. Lekovich would see us every now and then, and she. Which, which, by the way, I meant to say that I was very appreciative, as busy as you were with the last couple of weeks of work. I had it was very meaningful that you know you came to those appointments with me because it was overwhelming, right? It's like very overwhelming to be in that situation and having the nurse talk to you about things and you know, like trying to get information from the doctor when you're getting an ultrasound rod shoved up you. And it was just helpful to have you as like another set of eyes and ears to like understand what was going on. So I was appreciative of you being there and. Yeah, we're a team, you know. Um, but quick, and it's, it is very, like, weird going in there. Because they, they have so many patients that they're trying to get in and out. Yeah. So uh, it's better to have two people there just to stop them, pause them a little bit. Yeah. At two of the appointments, remember when we went to that one in the city? So we had to go to one in Manhattan on the weekend. And we walked into this office... And this waiting room holds, like, what, 150 seats? Oh, 50 seats. No. Yeah. No, that waiting, ro- that waiting room at Madison? Yeah. That's like way more than 50 seats. I'm going to go 100. I'm going to go 75. I'll meet you halfway. Okay. But every single seat was filled, which means that every single... And a lot of them were women. I mean, it wasn't like... There were some men there that were there with their partners or some men that had to go in for... I'm definitely counting next time I give a sample. <laughs> if I ever have to do that. Oh, I know you are. I can see it in your face. You're like, I know I'm right. Yeah. Um, but the point is, is like, at that moment, there's that many people that are using this fertility clinic that have to go in for monitoring on that day. Yeah, it's bananas. It was bananas. Yeah. And then the one in Brooklyn on that Monday, where there's that, you could probably count. There's like 15 chairs. Yeah. At least. Yeah. At the moment we got in, it was packed. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It was wild. It just made me realize, like, how many people are going through this at the exact same time, in the exact same city. It's wild. It's also interesting. Like, no one, no one talks to each other. 
It's great. No. But that, oh my gosh. Okay, so I want to ask you about this because there was, there was one morning where I was feeling like particularly bouncy and optimistic and like happy and it was a bright sunny day outside and I'm sitting in the Brooklyn office, like the chairs that face the door. Yeah. And like I, every time a woman would come in, I would see them. So I started like smiling at people as they walked in because I'm like, what the, like we're, we're all doing this. Like we're all going through the same shitty thing. Like, at least let's acknowledge each other yeah. and kind of represent the struggle together. And, like, so I try, I, and what I realize, I'm like, is it that we just don't want to acknowledge each other because it's, like, a sensitive thing and it's, you know, it's awkward and it's weird and no one knows where each other is at? Like, you can make judge like, guesses on where other people are at, but, like, we don't know if this is their first cycle or their third or their fifth or like, are they here for the transfer? Are they here for, you know, monitoring the transfer as a result of retrieval and stems? It was like, there was like a day that I was in the waiting room where I'm like, I don't know where any of these women are in the process, but we're all in the process and none of us are talking to each other. Not that we should be like chatting, but like no one's looking at each other. Like you look down. Yeah, it's almost, it's interesting, like, uh, like, it's like a shame that you're there or yes. something like that, which sucks. I don't know, it just, which, like, uh, helped to, like, smile at people as they walked yeah. in. I mean, hopefully this podcast changed that a little bit. That's okay to talk about. I mean, anyone that asks me about, hey, like, you having a kid, I just tell them everything. Yeah. And then they start feeling uncomfortable, which I think is interesting. But, yeah. Um... Yeah. It shouldn't be. It's just like a. It's a lot of people are going through it, and it. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just. It is what it is. I have to. I have to share this story because it was so freaking funny when it happened. When we were. Do you remember when we were at one of the monitoring appointments? In this is for the two listeners that have made it this far. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> to the two listeners that have made it. It's the baby. Our baby is forced to listen to this. Yeah, it's Gosh. our baby and their friend. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, baby. I'm sorry. It's such a horrible date that you have to listen to Aww. this. <laughs> We're going to make all of our significant mothers listen to this. Like, you want to join the family? You'll listen to the podcast. We've got photo albums and podcasts. I'm not really sure why I turned into an old Jewish woman, but that always happens. Yeah, I just did too. Damn it. Um, so we were in the waiting room and, or not the waiting room, we were in the doctor's, in the ultrasound room waiting for the doctor because there's always that awkward pause where, like, I have to get changed, and the doctor doesn't come in for a couple of minutes, so we're just kind of, like, chatting. Oh, you know? I was there? Yeah, you oh. were there. And you were like, oh, I read this article today. It was about how we're going to run out of, like, the world's going to run out of food in, like, 30 years. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Like, now is the time you want to talk about that? And you're like, oh, no, 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 no. No, it's not going to be, like, first world countries. It's, you know, it's just the third world countries. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like in a hospital gown waiting to get an ultrasound. And you're like, yeah, it's only the first or third world oh, yeah, countries. I remember that time too. I think it was like India or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's just my people. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, okay, great. So I guess as long as we're here, we'll be okay. And you're like, yeah, except that then it's going to create this massive migration crisis. So then we're going to have a bunch of migrants that are trying to come into this country so then it's probably going to cause some sort of crazy culture, trade, all the wars. Y'all are welcome here. And I'm just sitting we there like, you. oh, I can't wait to bring this kid into the world. 
Yeah, it's a weird thing to bring up as you wait for an ultrasound. Mm-hmm. I gotta, I gotta improve my bedside literature. Should we just leave? <laughs> do you want me to just wrap up and get out of here? That's my bad. I can do better next time. <laughs> I was dying laughing. I thought, I'm like, this guy's comedic timing is yeah. unparalleled. Anyway, so we go to more and more of these appointments that keep pushing back our uh, retrieval day. That's when the follicles have gone. Or most of them have gotten to a point where they're, you know, above the 17, 18 millimeter mark. And, uh, you know, the doctor is like, all right, we're, we're going to stop these from growing. We're going to do a trigger shot. And we're going to give you what's called a trigger shot. Uh, so that was another shot that they had to take. This one was pretty... I mean, I was very nervous. Yeah. Mom was really great, and she came to support us that week. Yeah, we weren't sure what day we were going to have the retrieval, so she came in. They give us the clear to take the trigger shot, and I I was, like, shaking the whole time, shaking in my boots. Because that scene from that show, Friends from College, yeah. where... We weren't sure if I was having a space launch that day. Or, right, right. Or what? Um, we didn't know where you were going to be. So mom came in. Supposedly, we had to push back to land on Mars, but whatever. Um, I kept thinking that's about that That's another story. It's another podcast. That show, Friends from College, where... They were doing IVF, and at the time when I watched the show, I had no concept of what, what this meant. in college were? Yeah, that too. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> but there's this whole scene where they, like, drop the vial that the um, trigger shot was in, and it, like, breaks everywhere, so they can't administer the trigger shot. Oh, that would be a crisis, yeah. Yeah. So, so you were nervous she, about that. She starts, like, freaking out, and they're, like, running all these pharmacies, they can't get it because it's a specialty pharmacy thing. So they literally like break into a doctor's office and break through the store and like, <laughs> <laughs> and like he finally like stabbed her in the stomach with the syringe, and like all these police break through. It's really funny at the time. Anyway, well, the time uh, great recap things. of friends in college. Uh, I'm sure everyone really appreciated that show. story. <laughs> no, I'm sure everyone appreciated that. No one watched uh, it me. That didn't happen. No, it didn't. This was actually, according to you, a very easy shot to take. It was like the smallest, thinnest, uh, like, uh, syringe ever. Needle. Like you just, yeah. you popped it into one thing. Oh, actually, this one was kind of weird though, because you had to like mix it like seven hundred times. Yeah, but only to, took a little bit out. But only took a little bit out. But then once we we got it, it was easy to for you to take. You yeah. said. Yeah. Um, and then once you take the trigger shot, you're done with shots for like two days. And they're like, here's your retrieval date. And that's it. So. We're going to breeze the retrieval because we have been talking for a while. So the retrieval. Yeah. We go in in the morning. There's a mysterious ninth floor. We've been going up to the 10th floor of this doctor's office. We made it to the ninth floor. I compared it to the sixth floor at Sleep No More. Right. I don't know if you, you guys don't know what that is. It's fine. Anyway, it's a mysterious floor. Dear baby, maybe Sleep No More will still be around when you're alive. Yeah. Um, Check it out. We go in. Naya has to initial a bunch of stuff. She gets a little bracelet put on her. She goes and changes. We get a tour of uh, where she's going to get operated on. I tried to make a funny joke to the woman who was guiding me to the changing room. I'm like, oh, these curtains just 
look just like the one I have at home. She wasn't into it. Yeah, she's like, I heard that one many times. Yeah. Uh, they showed me the um, sample room that I was going to go in. Uh, and they collection. brought us. Huh? For your collection. Yeah, for my collection. And uh, then they bring Neha and I into basically a closet. It was the smallest waiting room ever. She was, like, dressed and ready to go for her surgery. And I was there. I thought I was going to, like, be there a little bit longer. Uh, but the nurse comes in, starts asking Neha, like, her identity, basically, to make sure it's her. And then starts makes, taking her blood pressure. Makes me sign all these consent forms of like. I wasn't there for that. No, I know. Oh, okay, so you're so right. So like, now. literally, I'm like, oh, the nurse is like doing all the pre-operation stuff, and then I'm like, all right, like you're about to go in, and then the other knock on the door comes, and this other one comes in. And it's like, Dan, we're we're ready for you. Like you're gonna go. I'm like, oh, so I go to the um, the room to collect my sample and it's it's not the most ideal situation to collect a sample because I'm worried about you um, and it was tough but you know two minutes later I was yeah, done I and had to do it there. yep yep, yep. anyway uh, Naya then had to sign a bunch of consent forms she goes in after wait can I talk about yeah, that yeah. really quick so all these consent forms, I was such an auditor because I literally was the one person who was reading yeah. every line of these consent forms. I'm like, just to be clear here, is this going to be happening during my procedure? And she's like, oh, no, that's actually not applicable. I'm like, okay, well, you should put that here. And then she had me sign this whole consent form for the like things that the anesthesiologist is supposed to have um, like disclosed to me. I'm like, Okay, so I'm signing this before I've spoken to the anesthesiologist. And she's like, yeah, that's right. She's going to tell you all these things when she gets here. I'm like, so I'm signing it ahead of time. Like, she hasn't actually told me any of this. She's like, yeah, that's right. First of all, the anesthesiologist never told me any of this stuff. I realized in retrospect. Scandalous. So scandalous. But I, I, I still sign my life away. Like, what am I going to do? Yep, I get it. You're not liable for every, for anything. Cool. Um. I didn't even tell you this, though. Did you know that chair I was sitting in? Because I was there in that room for another, like, 45 minutes waiting before I actually went into the procedure. That chair was a recliner. Yeah. I took a little nap. It's the same chair that... Oh, no. They used to my no. <laughs> no. Same chair, yeah. Oh. It's a recliner. That's why there's, there's like, anyway, surgery Anyway, let's talk about it. something else. Um, oh God! So Neha eventually has to. The anesthesiologist comes in. They put the needle in you, the IV needle in you. Basically, they they put the anesthesia in you in that room, right? Yeah, she doesn't like. Yeah, she's like walking with the IV bag into the OR. I go to the OR. I'm feeling great. She's like making small chat with me, asking if it was cool that I married a white guy. Were the parents okay with it? I said nope. You know, I'm just running away. <laughs> no, just kidding. Of course, they they love him. Um, but so I get yeah. into the OR, and what I was telling Dan later was like, I was so impressed because everyone in this OR were all women. Yeah. It was really like weirdly empowering. And I saw my doc, Doctor Leck. She was smiling. And she's like, "How you doing?" I'm like, "You know, I'm feeling good. I don't know if it's the drugs, but I'm feeling great." And 
excited to see what happens today. And she's like, great, great, you look great. I'm like, thanks, Dr. Luck. And then I'm like laying down and they're kind of still talking to me. And then I turn to Dr. Luck. I'm like, all right, I think I'm going away now. I'll see you later. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's working. I'm slipping away. And I had a really nice little nap. So during that nap, what happens is they stick the same thing that they've been doing the ultrasounds with. Uh, They stick that up your vagina Mm -hmm. into... Basically, there's a needle attached to it Mm. uh, that has a vacuum attached to it. Mm. And they stick that through your vagina, through your ovary. Mm. So it goes through your... Poke through. They poke through the vagina there, through the ovary... And they start sucking out, or they poke the follicle. They what they do is they drain the they drain juice, the ovary. huh? They drain the ovary. Yeah, but they drain the juice within the follicle as well. I don't think they, I think they go to every follicle though. Yeah, they do. They show that in the video. Did they? Yeah. And they suck out that juice, and within that juice is the eggs. Um, and it's like my egg yolk. Yeah. So. That procedure happens, took probably 15 minutes. I literally got to the waiting room after my sample, and I, was, I read like two articles in the New York Times. That's how quick it was. Uh, it's like 15 minutes, and they literally were like, Don? And I'm like looking around like, Don? They're like, Don? And they're like looking right at me. I'm like, damn it, my name's not Don. It's written all over everything. Oh, and tail of the O. It doesn't even say Don. It says Daniel. Mm. And at the front desk, she called me Danielle. Hmm. I'm like, come on, girl. They anyway, had, they had a lot of people that day. She's like, you go back to recovery. So I get back to recovery, and you're waking up, and you're like, wait, it's already over. And I'm like, yeah, you, you did great. You did great. And uh, then you just started talking about Taylor Swift, and uh, I actually recorded some of the stuff that you uh, talked about. So maybe we'll add that on to oh, the, no, I, the end of this. I maybe, I don't know. Maybe that'll be a little podcast extra. But, uh, yeah. Blooper. Um, You started talking about Taylor Swift, and I was like, yeah, Taylor Swift operated on you. I just, I swear I heard them talking about Taylor Swift while I was in my dream state. Very strange. But very uh, strange. then they come in, they give you a bill for the anesthesia. Solid 750 bucks. And uh, then they come in and they give you, they tell you that that within that hour how many eggs you got. And how many eggs did we get, man? We got 20. 20 eggs. eggs. Uh, So what they do is they do that process we talked about in the first uh, podcast about um, ICSI, where they take my fresh sample, they find the sperm that are, are working and moving, and they insert those into those 20 eggs. So what they did was they took Neha's eggs. They said, all right, how many of these are viable? Mature. Or mature. And they said there was 18 of them. So they stuck my sperm into 18 of them. And then they're like, all right, we'll call you tomorrow. Neha recovered very quickly. She ate a bunch of graham crackers, drank some water. And then we were out of there. She was walking around, came home. She passed out for the day. Uh, and then they call us the next day, and they're like, yeah, we inserted 18, uh, and we still have six remaining. Six fertilized. Six fertilized that made it to the next day. Um, 
so that was tough to hear because we thought we were going to have a little bit more. Yeah, um, the nurse had kind of given us some speck of saying, expect about a 40, 40% drop at each stage. So yeah. from stage A to stage B. B to C, C to B, yeah. so on. Uh, so we're trying to get them to the day five, which could be really day five is like day five through seven uh, to get to that thing called blastocyst. Um, and what happens during this time is the eggs uh, basically multiply. They, they double each each day. So they double into two, then to four, then to, you know, eight. And then they, I think they stop at eight, right? I don't know. I thought the cells were just like multiplying and then it hits the Yeah, maybe it just multiplies. I don't know if it doubles, actually. Yeah. I might have made that up. But um, they're definitely supposed to be getting to some point, and then some eggs only get to one point, and then they, they're like, nope, we're not moving forward. Uh, so we'll see. So the tough part about this is you don't, you don't talk to a doctor. Like a nurse calls you and just says, here's the numbers. Um, the reassuring part is... This is now Tuesday. We had the procedure on Friday. Uh, and they said, our nurse said, you know, no no phone call or no news is good news. Yeah. And knock on wood. So far, we haven't gotten any news. So we're keeping our fingers crossed and hopeful that um, yeah. we get any. Yeah. Um, so hopefully we have these six that are fighters and our survivors and... We'll keep you guys posted, or Dear Baby, we'll keep you posted on. Dear if you baby. were one of these Dear Baby, six, maybe you're one of these. Um, Man, I hopefully really so. you are, because this is you know really tough to go through. And Or maybe one of your brothers and sisters. Or maybe your brother or sister. Um, or whatever gender they identify as. So that's where we're at. Uh, anyway. Yeah, I mean, that's a good, that's a good wrap. Feels like that hot take was a nice slow take, slow warm take yeah. of what's going on, but there was a lot, of, a lot of content. Hashtag a lot of science so involved. A lot of science. Yeah, there's a lot that happened. So I know we took a over an hour to talk about it, but baby, you gotta know all the things that happened. It's been a long month and a half. Yeah, it has, and you know. Mom and dad have learned a lot about each other. And mom has been a beast. I call her uh, Neonce. Oh, that's good. Uh, after yeah, Khaleesi. Yeah. Um, she's just been a beast, champion, a boss, yeah. all of the above. I could never stick myself with anything. So the fact that you did that up to three times a day was crazy. Um, and then I'd say we really felt love from our friends and family. It was awesome. Yeah, I feel, feel like we've, we've grown, grown closer too. So, um, so thank you for those who reached out. It was much appreciated. And we are appreciating all the warm, the warm hugs, whether it's actual hugs or virtual hugs. Yeah, we got a great support system. And uh, we appreciate it. All right, guys, this is uh, episode three. We love you, and uh, we'll keep you posted. Hopefully, uh, we'll have episode four coming up pretty soon. Yeah, hopefully we get some good news this weekend. Yeah. Hopefully the next one's not very gloomy and sad. But But I'm sure if it is, we'll find a way to make it. We'll just talk all about our upcoming Disney (laughs) trip.
that's that's what Tony said. Yeah. Oh, love you. Concerned that I woke up thinking about Taylor Swift. Yeah. Yes, yeah, because she was here. No, she performed she... your operation. No, she wasn't. You're lying to me. It was Dr. Taylor Swift today. I don't believe you. Maybe people were talking about Taylor Swift, and that's why she was in my head. Hmm. What song do you think she was Shake operating it. on? Shake it off. Shake it off. Oh, she's doing shake it off. Yeah. Or like shake it out. Shake, shake it out your it eggs. Out. Yeah. Shake out my eggs. Yeah. Okay. Well, we got 20 eggs. We got 20 eggs. It's pretty great. That's amazing. You're a beast. We don't know how many are mature. mature. We don't. But, you know, knowing me and you. Are you saying I'm immature? Emphatically. Emphatically. Alright, love you.